The NFL Edge podcast is here. I'm Dave Rothenberg. She's Kristen Rogers. Another week in the books for the NFL. Uh, Super wild card weekend is, I guess, sadly done. And we get rolling in our analysis and kind of our preview of the divisional round matchup. Good morning, Kristen Rogers. Good morning, Dave. Super wild card weekend. Um, It came, it went. There were some incredible moments, but for the most part, uh, the, these home teams kind of took away with it, didn't they? They sure did. And, and let's be fair. We love football. We adore it. We can't get enough of it. This was not great football this weekend. It, well, I mean, listen, bad football is still wonderful, but these were not the greatest football games you've ever seen in your life. No, and I am not here. Here's the thing, Dave. I love the seven seed. Truthfully, I think it's great. Give me more football. I'm, I'm all about it. That said, I think it was just the wrong seven seeds, right? Like, can you imagine if the Chargers were in this situation? Should have been. Like, and that's the thing. Like, it, you, you look back on who should have been here, and it's almost like, okay, we like the seven seed. We just didn't need week 18 to decide who was going to be the seven seed, right? So I, I feel like if there were were different matchups in these situations, it would have been so much more fun to watch. But um, hopefully we'll we'll be able to figure it out in the years to come. Could not agree with you more. And I've had a lot of people complaining to me. You see, they added too many teams. No, if the Chargers played the Chiefs, you would have gone crazy for that game. I would have been all about that. Yeah, the Steelers were. were they, let's let's be honest. That was not a, a good team. And the NFC, in fairness, is not great this year. No, so you get a team like the Eagles, and that's a team that probably doesn't deserve to be in the postseason. No, and here's the thing. So the Eagles did, you know, clinch their playoff spot. I, I think in Week uh, 17. But can you imagine if it was Saints Bucks? Because for whatever reason, the Saints have had the Bucks number. That just would have been total chaos. So, yes, the, the Saints were, you know, right there fighting for a, a, that seven seed spot come week 18. But I, you just feel like, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. but you just want to flip out those two seven seeds for maybe the, the Chargers and the Saints. And this would have been a totally different Super Wild Card weekend. That being said, and it's a valid point, we did have games and some of them were, were good and some of them not so good. We start with, I thought, was just a... I thought it was a bad football game, and it's what we saw in Monday Night Football, and I was so excited. Monday Night Football, standalone game, blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God. The Cardinals looked like they wanted to not be there. It was an awful game. The Rams destroyed them. I don't even know if the Rams played well. I can't even give Matthew Stafford a lot of credit. I look at that game and just say Arizona was hideous representing themselves in that football game. Yeah, this was uh this was never close. This was never good from what we've what we've seen from from the Arizona Cardinals all season long. Um and and given, you know, we did kind of talk about the dichotomy of their season of some really great play, some, you know, not so great play and talking about who they could be when they got into the the playoffs and, you know, a, a young team that's still trying to make their mark, but um Dave, I I think this stat kind of sums it up, but uh, the pick six to uh, kind of, you know, go into to halftime, that three-yard pick six, yeah, that is the shortest pick six in NFL postseason history. Uh, that throw right there perfectly uh, represents what we saw from not only Kyler Murray last night, but the entire Cardinals team. 
Uh, it really was awful. Uh, I did talk to Carson Wentz this morning, and he told me, he said, Dave, I don't know why you look at that as a bad throw. I, I, I don't. I thought that was a perfectly fine uh, decision from Kyler Murray. Fair point. He had absolutely no issue. So yeah. just really terrible. And I think this is a real litmus test. Not not a litmus or or litis or whatever you used to say. A legitimate litmus test for the Rams this week against Tampa Bay. For the record, I was calling it a litmus test, which litmus. it goes very quickly. It was just an N instead of an M, but we are moving past that. Yeah, we're getting Rams Bucks and uh, a bit of a rematch because the Rams. You know, they, they took care of the Bucks earlier this season, given it was a long trip for the Bucks, whatever excuse you want to put on. But this is going to be a very different matchup because these two teams are in much different places than where we saw them earlier in the year. They sure are. All right, so let's run through the rest of the games. We'll, we'll start on, on Saturday. Uh, the first game we got to see, Cincinnati hadn't won a playoff game since 1991. That streak is over. They get by the Raiders by the final of 26 to 19. Jamar Chase, wonderful. Joe Burrow, terrific. All that being said, it took every ounce of everything for Cincinnati to hold on and win this game over Las Vegas. Yeah, it did because that's who the Raiders are this season, right, Dave? This is a Raiders team that sticks around. This is a Raiders team that you can't really put the final nail in the coffin or put to bed one way or another until the final play of the game. And of course, that final play at Derek Carr interception, which was just, I mean, of course, you knew it was going to happen that way, right? Um, and, and some big decisions coming now for the Raiders, obviously parting ways with uh, general manager Mike Mayock um, and have that that looming coaching decision uh, for for what's going to happen next um, with with this Raiders team. But I mean, then you look to the Bengals and they are, this is a Bengals team, obviously, you know, first uh, playoff win since 1991. But Dave, this is a team that is, I feel like is going to be back on this stage very, very soon in the, in the coming years as well, because you, you look at Jamar Chase, you look at Joe Burrow. These, these are two pieces that I don't see going anywhere. Joe Burrow is phenomenal. Really, I mean, if you were buying stock in a, in a young NFL quarterback, he would be. It would be Herbert. It would be him. It would be Josh Allen. Like he, he is right there. He has taken this franchise, which, for lack of a better term, really was has been a joke, has been a, a disaster for a long time, and and in his second year, led them to a division title, a playoff win. They're one of eight teams left standing. He, he is, and you know what? I didn't love the Jamar Chase pick. I thought you have Joe Burrow. The right move is to surround him with the best offensive line possible. Kudos to the Bengals because they got it right. Jamar Chase is great. They'll now revamp the offensive line. Joe Burrow is elite. Look at that offense. You have a great quarterback. You have a great young running back. You have a great receiver. You have a you have T. Higgins, who's really good. You have Boyd, who's really good. You have Uzoma, who's like, that is a team that is only at the beginning stages of what they could possibly be. Exactly. Dave, fashion question for you here. Uh, what was your take on uh, Joe Burrow's uh, post-game sunglasses that he wore in his press conference? The ro- were, were they like rosé, right? Like a rosé sunglass? Yeah, they, they, they were this like light, like light pink, like light lavender square like glass. I personally, I love the flex. Uh-huh. I feel like it is the, the first step in the evolution of, of who Joe Burrow will be. Um, I also am just kind of imagining the situation where... Where he's in the locker room and he like brought these glasses with him and he's like talking to the rest of his guys like hey y- you think I should go put these on and they're like yeah you know what like go do it like you just won us our first playoff game since 1991 um I love the flex curious if you feel any differently 
you know, I, I didn't I didn't love the look, but I love the fact that he's comfortable enough to, to do that. And I actually heard rumblings that he called Cam Newton right before that. It's like, Cam, what do you think? Do I wear these? He's like, yes. Ooh. Yes, you put those babies on and you get right out there. I will say this. If this is the first step towards a, a Cam Newton wardrobe, um, I would like him just to, to, you know, Coco Chanel always said that you, before you leave the house, you take off one accessory. I don't ever, I don't think that Cam Newton ever got that message, <laughs> um, but I'm hoping Joe Burrow can take that to heart moving forward. I often quote Coco Chanel, so I'm glad I know you, you brought do. that to the table. Yes. You're welcome. I'm just bringing in a diverse personality and set of opinions over here. That's what I'm here for. Uh, you really are on your game today. Uh, Saturday night, I thought this was going to be a great one. Buffalo and New England. Little did I realize that Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills would absolutely thrash New England by 30. And really, for lack of a better term, played the perfect football game against New England, Kristen. Yeah, Dave, I was going to say, you know, you are right. This was a great one because it was the great one. This was almost a perfect game. I mean, seven drives, seven touchdowns. I mean, this was absolutely incredible to to, to watch. Um, I mean, coming out of this weekend, this is the team to me that I'm like, yes, you will be in the Super Bowl. Maybe that's a little bit of a of a quick, you know, kind of knee jerk reaction. But Dave, no one looks better than the Buffalo Bills to me right now coming out of Super Wildcard weekend. You know, it's funny that you say that because I have been preaching that on my show in New York this week. I've been saying, yeah, I think Buffalo's going to win the whole thing. I do. You see, here's the thing. They played well down the stretch. They hammered Kansas City in the regular season. They should have beaten Tennessee, if you remember. Now they own New England. I mean, let's be fair. I think we can honestly say that the reason they beat, they lost New England in that first game is because of the weather. They are clearly better than the Patriots. They killed them in New England, and they destroyed them in the playoffs. This is a team trending in the right direction. They are they are special right now. That's what they are. Yeah, they really are. And I think the craziest part about this, too, is that they put together that game plan against another great one, maybe the the great one of coaches right now, Bill Belichick. I was so surprised, and I remember sitting here talking to you last week. I was so I was like a like a kid on Christmas. I was so excited to see what Bill Belichick had up his sleeve for this game plan. We talk about, you know, the high being like zero degrees on Saturday night in Buffalo, the wind chill. And after what we saw in the first matchup in Buffalo, when Mac Jones only threw the ball three times, I was like, you know what? Bill's got to have something up his sleeve. And I was wrong because it was not the Bills. It were It was not Bill. It was the Bills that had the winning game plan in this. Great game plan. And you know what? We've said all year long, well, they don't run the ball. They're so one-dimensional. They did in this game. They did. Their defense was good. Their offensive line was terrific. It's Diggs. It's Knox. It's Allen. It's Singletary. Sanders, right? Look out. This is a team that feels like their best football is starting to hit right now. So so that's three. Three more to get through, Kristen, as we roll along through um, Super Wildcard Weekend of the NFL postseason. You know, and I'm not giving you a hard time, but you, a lot of people thought Philly was going to compete in this game against Tampa. Oh, that was terrible. I mean, Jalen... Here's a here's the thing. I know he's injured and that's what concerns me is I don't know that I know about Jalen Hurts. Like I I you know, you have three first round picks. You have 15, you have 16, you have 19. Do you get in the market for a, an upgraded quarterback? Is Jalen Hurts if if this is Jalen Hurts, this is not enough at quarterback for the future for the Eagles. So is this Jalen Hurts? Is this what he was because he's not right? But Philadelphia, with this version of Jalen Hurts, will never compete for anything. Yeah, this was the worst day 
to have a horrible day. And that's what we saw from Jalen Hurts. This is a a, a tough situation for, for the Eagles and for Jalen moving forward because I agree with you. I think that you have to do your due diligence and go out and see what quarterback is going to be out there. Um, I, I think before this game, I think some Eagles fans kind of jokingly said that, uh, you know, knowing they had three first round picks that Howie Roseman is going to do something to, you know, give them all away. But if there is a potential trade option for an incredible upgrade at quarterback, I think you have to explore all options right now because I don't think Jalen Hurts in a season where he was supposed to prove that he is the quarterback of the future, that he is the quarterback of the future for the Philadelphia Eagles right now, because I, I saw a lack of leadership. I saw a lack of execution. Um, I and, and I was really impressed with how he led the Eagles into this playoffs. And I, I think one of the, the, the biggest concerns about the Eagles in the locker room was if they were going to still have that kind of special chemistry camaraderie that we had seen in past seasons under Doug Peterson after the Super Bowl. It's true that it's something like that is still there, but the execution on the field is just horrendous. And that is inexcusable. Changes will be made. And unfortunately, a lot of veteran pieces will be gone just based upon contracts. Rodney McLeod, Jason Kelsey, there are some big decisions that will be made in this offseason. And I don't think we're going to recognize who the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles are come next season. See, the thing that stinks for Philly, and we'll get to the, the game, the nuts and bolts of that in a second, is that they had a really good season, right? Like a really good season, and you almost forget that in the way the season ended. But Tampa just, I mean, I, it doesn't matter with Brady. You take away Godwin, you take away Antonio Brown, you take away Leonard Fournette, you take away his left tackle, you take away his center. It's just, he is unbelievable. And you can see Mike Evans is going to have a bigger role, and they're, and OJ Howard will have a bigger role, and Cameron Brates could have a bigger role, and Gronk is going to be Gronk, and Brady, and Arians, and the Bucks will just, they'll figure it out, and they will find a way. And they hammered, punished Philadelphia in this one. Yeah, and I, I think you do have to give credit to the Bucks because I remember talking about last week too about how I don't think there's any bigger kind of dichotomy between the um, the NBA regular season and the and the postseason and the playoffs. Um, because you have those players that have been there before that know how to step up in those situations. And Tom, with everything that was going against him, Tom Brady stood up once again. Didn't matter who was out there on offense. This Bucks team is for real. Um, they do have a few injuries that, that are potentially concerning uh, across the line moving forward into this now uh, coming week's matchup against the Rams. But, um, I mean, the Bucks look like they are back in, in I don't want to say Super Bowl form, but they, they look they're, like they're pretty darn close to what we saw last season. They, they really, they played a good game. It was an easy game. You, you heard all these rumblings, weather's going to be an issue. I turn on the game, it's like 77 and gorgeously sunny. Like, that was a perfect storm um, that went against Philadelphia as they got throttled against Tampa. Moving right along, and I've been waiting for this one, and what a gorgeous game this is to analyze. San Francisco against Dallas. I thought San Francisco played about 40-ish minutes of really good football, and then they were really bad. But even San Francisco's really bad could not fall apart enough for the Cowboys to take over that football game. Yeah, I, I mean, we we will get to the ending of this game because how can you not for both sides of the ball? Because it did feel like for a a good chunk at the end of this game, like the 49ers were trying to, to lose this game. And that was just painful and, and very stress, stressful on myself to watch. But when the 49ers went on that first drive 
and just put together almost a, a perfect drive in my eyes. It was so easy, right? Yeah. It was so easy. And you just knew. I mean, first, I mean, we, we always talk about this, but, you know, the first whatever two drives are, are really scripted out for, for each offense. And the 49ers could not have executed that more perfectly. Um, and that, you know, really goes to show what Kyle Shanahan is doing right now. I mean, he he is putting his guys in the right positions. I was I was so impressed. Um, I mean, obviously, Debo Samuel just it, it is it's these guys are so much fun to watch on offense. Right. But then on the same time, we have to give credit to their defense. Um, I mean, the, the 49ers have been so good in their last five games of, of the season. Uh, yes, some injury concerns as Nick Bose is a concussion protocol. Fred Warner kind of lucky. It's a, it looks like a low ankle or a low, low ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain. So he should be good. But again, this is a now a Saturday turnaround. So it's a little bit shorter of a turnaround as they go up against the Packers. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo also now dealing with that, uh, that shoulder sprain potentially looks like he could get out onto the field on Tuesday to practice. But um, I mean, Dave, it's, it's so much fun to watch this 49ers team. Um, but uh, the 49ers didn't as much win this game as Mike McCarthy lost it. Did they? The, the Cowboys stink. Uh, let, let, let's just be honest. And it, it gives, nothing would give me greater pleasure than to say that. But I think it's true. I do. They came out. They looked ill. They looked ill prepared. Like the Niners up and down the field, dominating up thirteen nothing. All the things that you would hope if you don't like Dallas happened. Happened. They looked ill prepared. Dak Prescott was awful. He was terrible. So this great quarterback, you know, the perfect you know next guy to lead the Cowboys. He's now one and three in the postseason. Right? They had a two point win against Seattle. That's it. He's now six years into his career. C.D. Lamb wasn't good. They're so undisciplined, right? 14 penalties, just everything. Ezekiel Elliott was a, was a non-issue and looked, he looked slow and old. And then to cap it off, the head coach was a disaster. And you run a play, a quarterback draw. When I, 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 I'm, I can't even believe I witnessed that. It was great and I loved it the Cowboys-Niners game this past weekend. Yeah, and you know what to me, Dave, just perfectly kind of encapsulates who the, the Cowboys are. It was all the excuses they had after the game, right? I mean, Mike McCarthy came out and said, oh no, this was, you know, like our, our analytic our analytics team that, that came up with that play for that situation. It's amazing, right? They stood by it. It's like anything else. Do you, do you want to be running the Hail Mary play from the 50-yard line or do you want to be running five verticals from the 25-yard line? So that's the decision. It's the right decision. You know, it's just like anything. It's the execution between us and the officiators putting the ball obviously wasn't in tune. Wasn't, you know, we shouldn't have had any problem getting the ball spotted yeah and then and then he he goes for goes goes further and he's like well you know um you know the the refs you know we you know the the fact that he was 25 yards away well isn't that a isn't that a coaching decision when you say that you go through and you run this play like multiple times a week wouldn't you i don't know consider that it's going to take a second or two for the ref to get in the position and wouldn't you say i don't know coach dak prescott to hand the football over to the ref to make things a little bit easier that that is on you mike mccarthy that is on you that is not on the refs that is not on your analytics team that is on you it was, it was great it was so bad it was phenomenal and you're right i mean what and i and i've said this since this happened on sunday You'd rather have one shot from the 25, potentially, than two shots into the end zone from the 40? Why? What are you doing? 
I mean, and we said this forever. The weak link of the Cowboys is discipline and it's coaching. They had 14 penalties. They're undisciplined. They're poorly coached. And if you are one of these Cowboys people, stop. Stop it. Your team is not that good. You're frauds. And the Cowboys got exactly, exactly what they deserved in this football game. They did. They did. And now here's to a very tumultuous offseason. Exactly. Oh, is the coach going to say, uh, we don't know. Is he going to go? We don't know. Oh, it's just, it's it's terrific. Just the joy it brings everyone else in the country. Everyone. Like there's 10% of the world that's like, oh, this is awful. And 90% of the world is rejoicing and celebrating in the disaster. That is the Dallas Cowboys. Well, Kansas City. Remember a few weeks ago, it's like, what's wrong with their offense? And they can't move the ball. And maybe there's problems. Maybe not anymore. They put up 40. They don't score in the first quarter and still put up 42 yards and 400 yards of passing from Patrick Mahomes as they double up the Steelers 42 to 21. Right. I mean, you look at the score and you're like, oh, this, you know, the, the, the Chiefs probably got away with this one early. No, it was it was zero zero at the end of the first. And the Steelers scored first on a T.J. Watt scoop and score. I mean, it, it was one of those where the, the Chiefs offense took a second to get going. But you know who I I'm really not happy with from this game, Dave? Can you give me a, a side? It's actually coming from the Chiefs side. You're unhappy with Travis Kelsey. No. Although Donna Kelsey, Jason and Travis's mom, we can get into that in a bit. Greatest story I saw from Wildcard Weekend. She is the ultimate super mom for making it to both games in Tampa Bay and Kansas City. But no, Dave. Uh, yeah, it's, she's a mother. That's what she's supposed to do. All of a sudden, Donna Kelsey is the greatest mom ever because she goes to two football games in one day. And I'm sure went on a private jet from A to B. She did not go on a private jet. In fact, she had to take an Uber. Her commercial flight was delayed, so she got to uh, the Chiefs' Air Hud Stadium a little bit later. But I just thought it was a very nice story. What I'm trying to say, though, is that the Chiefs' firework department needs to be talked to because they oh, ran yeah. out. Of, they ran out of fireworks. How do you run out of fireworks? Like, I, I wouldn't you? I don't know. Say, have like ten fireworks ready just in case. No, they ran out of fireworks. Well, you're the Chiefs, right? Yeah. You're, you're the Chiefs. If, the, if it's like the Giants fireworks. That's bad game planning. If the Giants fireworks department ran out of fireworks at 42, you'd be like, the Giants haven't scored 42 points in a decade, right? There's not much to worry about. The Chiefs have a great offense. They put up 42 points like it's going out of style. I mean, they put up 40 against the Browns and, and the Chargers, and this is what they do. So, yes, bad job by them. Great job by the Chiefs offense. And, you know, Jarek McKinnon. Really? So it's amazing how how little value there is in a great running back at this point, isn't it? It's like, you're not going to have Leonard Fournette. You're not going to have Ronald Jones. Well, we'll take some guy named Deshaun Vaughn and, and he'll be great. Fine. Right. You're not going to have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You're not going to have Darrell Williams for the most part. We'll take Jarek McKinnon. I bet you a lot of people didn't know Jarek McKinnon was on the team. And he has this tremendous game. Yeah, that Chiefs offense is very good. Kelsey, Hill, Pringle had a a good game. A lot of talent, all led by the maestro that is Patrick Mahomes. 
Yeah, led by the maestro that is Patrick Mahomes and maybe the 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 chef or the chef de cuisine that is Andy Reid. Uh, again, putting his guys in in great positions to to succeed. Um, also coming up with maybe the the quote of uh, of the the postseason so far um, when he talked about uh, you know getting to the stage and it's like eating a piece of chocolate cake, but then seeing the the next uh, the divisional round and there's another piece of chocolate cake that's dangling in front of him. But no, no, the Super Bowl that's that's the real deal. Like granddaddy of them all, chocolate cake. So I just love that Andy Reid is on a hunt for for the best chocolate cake that there is. You know, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I would concur. It does feel like Andy Reid is on on a hunt for the greatest piece of chocolate cake. Like it does, it does really feel exactly like that. And one more thing on this game and on this season and, and where we are, the Steelers, and we discussed it earlier. They, they didn't belong here. Shouldn't have been here. Nope. They, they, they're coached very well. T.J. Watt is phenomenal. Their defense is good. Najee Harris had a terrific rookie season. They had no business being in the postseason. No, no, they they did not. Uh, very interested to know what this uh, this Steelers team is going to look like next season too. As you know, Ben kind of no one way or another. Had, we haven't had the emotional press conference yet, but uh, very interested to to know what he's going to look or what this team is going to look like uh, moving forward to next season. Some young pieces, but a, a lot a lot that's moving on. Yeah, you wonder if they're going to maybe add an Aaron Rodgers, a Russell Wilson, a Deshaun Watson. Let's take someone, Kenny Pickett in the draft. It is a very exciting off season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there we have it. We've gone through all the games. We'll now turn our attention to the spreads, the picks, the look back, the look ahead on the NFL Edge podcast. We now bring in our fearless leader, executive producer, regular producer, technical engineer, man who mutes and unmutes at the drop of a hat. That is the one, the only, RJ Santillo. Hello, RJ. Hello, Dave. I just unmuted. Can you tell? I can. You sound... Mellifluous. That is some word. You're you're a smart guy. Either that or you just made it up. I'm not sure. Either way, both of you off two in one week's a little tougher because only six games to choose from last week. But I had it. You did. I, it. I was two and zero. Oh, I was looking great. I was a Cardinals cover away from a dominant performance and get myself right back into this. And Kyler Murray said, no, 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 I want you to lose so badly. Watch what I'm going to do to you, Rothenberg. And it was never close. At least it was a game where you could sleep well at night knowing, well, if I was going to pick the Cardinals, there was nothing I could have done from that point on. No. So, two and one for Dave, two and one for Kristen. That leaves us still with a two and a half game deficit. So, Dave, I, I, I come to you now. Games are winding down here. This is the final weekend where you have three games to choose. So, if we do the math here, there's three games this weekend. And then there's the conference championship round where there are two games total. And then there's the Super Bowl. So, quick math will tell you there are six games. You are two and a half games back. Are you nervous? Uh, no, we don't get nervous over here. We get concerned. And we really we we ratchet up our attention to detail and i think that that on this side hmm, interesting that's what we're going to do because you could you could feel the cracks you could feel the crumbling happening from Kristen. um i easily hit buffalo i i confidently hit kansas city and i was one arizona pick away from being right back in it now Kristen, i give her tremendous credit uh san francisco Felt easy. Rams, she hammered. Philadelphia, she didn't. But I was 2-0. She was 1-1. I can feel the cracks. And and I think this is the week. This coming divisional playoff round is the week that it all starts to turn in my favor. See, Dave, I don't know about that. I mean, we knew why I chose the Eagles, right? I was going with my, my heart. I knew the risk of doing that. 
Um, and, and I failed from that standpoint of things, but I felt very confident about the 49ers, very confident about the Rams, and they both paid off big time. Listen, not like you went 3-0, and you went 2-1, and I also went 2-1. and Let's just settle down. Now, if I fall behind by another game this week and we're three and a half games back, yes, panic, but not not quite yet. Not quite yet. All right, are you ready to look at the spreads of what we have for this huge divisional weekend matchup? Let's get to it. All right, uh, these are great games, really phenomenal. We start 4.30 on Saturday. Titans home against the Bengals. Titans laying three and a half. Of course, they have the bye. They're the one seed in the AFC. Bengals off a, a, you know, a late victory over the Raiders. Played last week, obviously. Although played pretty well. Have a great quarterback. Titans given three and a half to the Bengals. Yeah, and Titans with the return of Derrick Henry, the much anticipated return of Derrick Henry. Um, I'm, you know. I- I, I, I feel like this is going to be a great matchup, but I do feel like people are starting to write off the Bengals, which is so interesting because this line doesn't dictate that whatsoever. I mean, this is this should be a close game, right? I, I think what we saw from Joe Burrow and what we saw from Jamar Chase, I, I think it's... And, and again, to your point earlier, it's so hard to... Even if you just try to slow down Jamar, I mean, they have so many other weapons with T. Higgins and Uzoma and, and players that are, are really stepping up. Um, this should be a, a really... I think there's a lot of really great offensive matchups um, moving into into the divisional round. And I, I think this is definitely going to be one of them. You know, I think you bring up a great point. And, and I guess the question I would ask you, and I really don't understand, I, I think the Titans are are the better team. They're the more seasoned team. They, they've been there before. They have a coach that you trust. They're home. They're only giving three and a half. I mean, what you're saying here, if you're Vegas, and listen, I, I don't doubt Vegas, but if you would have said to me at the end of of Sunday and we knew the matchup, what's the spread on the Titans-Bengals? I think I would have said six, six and a half. I'm surprised that this number is only three and a half, Kristen. Yeah, surprised that this number is only three and a half, and it's not the largest spread of the weekend, right? I mean, there's there, there's definitely some, some questions there, but then I go back to thinking about what we just saw from this Bengals team. The fact that they are, I'm not going to say they're, they're just happy to be here, but they you know won their first playoff game since 1991. This is a team that is playing so loose because they, they don't have anything else to lose, right? This is a team that knows that they are only going to grow from here in seasons to come. So why not try to go dethrone the, the, the Titans and King Henry? Yeah, I'm just I'm surprised the number is so small, and I think a lot of the action is going to go on Tennessee, and, and the number might rise. That's my kind of early analysis. Not that I'm tipping my hand Mm-mm. at all, but I'm just telling you kind of my my insight. You never would. No, not not on not on a Tuesday, not on a Tuesday. All right, so then we get. And don't you love the fact that the NFL they don't, they don't care if it's going to be freezing cold in a certain area. Then we'll play the game at night. Buffalo zero degrees, eight fifteen. Green Bay couldn't be colder, eight fifteen. Niners, warm weather. Well, you're going to play this game at 8.15 on a Saturday evening at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. The spread on this one, six. Niners have played great football. They beat the Rams in Week 18. They beat the Cowboys in the postseason as the Packers have rested. And amazingly enough, actually get healthier as we hit the postseason, the number Packers by six. 
And the number already changing, Dave, can confirm that as of uh, an hour and a half ago, that this was uh, Packers by five and a half, already a little bit of movement uh, early on this Tuesday, as this is now a, a six point spread. Um, but yeah, again, this is the, the interesting one. As we look back to the Bengals and Titans, I would have expected again six to be what we would see for, for that matchup. Um but then I, then I do go and I, I look at the 49ers and their offense, obviously incredible. Their, their defense really standing up. But I think the injuries are obviously a big concern. Um, I, I we, we can circle Fred Warner. We can circle Nick Bosa, obviously, especially on a, on a short week as well. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously the one that's staring you right in the face, um, has already been dealing with kind of, you know, w- w- there was a few plays still where I feel like he's not holding the ball or releasing the ball perfectly because of that hand injury. Um, but then you look to his shoulder as well that, that he's now struggling with. So um, I, I get why the line is moving, um, but it still should be a, a very fun matchup to watch on Saturday night. Going to be a terrific game. Uh, the Niners have played great football, but it, it, I mean, you're stepping up in class, right? You're going from a team that makes mistakes, a team with a quarterback who, eh, a team that doesn't have all that much of a home field advantage, and, and all those things are different. You go up against a, a rested team. You go up against a healthier team. You go up against the best quarterback. You go up against a, a team that plays in frigid cold weather with a home field advantage that is second to none, like, all these things. If you're San Francisco and you go into Green Bay and you win this game, hats off to you. That's a heck of a job on the Niners. Yeah, it, it really is. And um, yeah, I don't think there's any better way to represent um, what the Niners are facing and how they are stepping up in class than Dak Prescott versus Aaron Rodgers. That's a, a step up, right? You're going from like floor 12 all the way up to the penthouse. So that's our Saturday look ahead. Sunday, three o'clock. Right, you don't get your triple header, your one, your four thirty, your eight, but you start at three o'clock Eastern. Good game. Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford. We we don't know health wise, right? Obviously, Tristan Wirfs is a huge question mark. Um, will Leonard Fournette play in this game? We don't know the answers to those. Tampa Bay hosting the Rams. Bucks giving three right now. Yeah, and as many as much as we saw so many rematches in uh, the Super Wild Card weekend. We've got another rematch here because, you know, that this was one of the big games at SoFi to start the season off. And uh, I think a lot of people, I remember taking the Bucks in that game myself, um, and uh, the, the Rams took care of Tampa Bay. I don't think that's going to happen this time around. Um, I'm not tipping my hand. I just think that I, I think this is going to be a, a much more even matchup th- this time because I think these two teams are in very different positions. Um Obviously, the Bucks looking really good no matter who's out there on offense for them. Still have a question mark, though, about what this Rams team can be. Because to your point, I mean, the, the Cardinals were not a very great litmus test, but the, the Bucks definitely will be. They weren't even a litmus test. Like, that, that's how bad the Cardinals were. They weren't litmus. They weren't litmus. They weren't litmus. They, like, they were no semblance of a test. But how do you – here's my question for you. And, again, I'm not tipping my hand. I'm just asking you this. How do you take Matthew Stafford over Tom Brady? Yeah. How do you do that? I don't know if you can. I, I And knowing, too, that, I mean, the, the Cardinals' defense felt like the pressure wasn't there. I mean, this is a guy, Matthew Stafford, who has shown moments of greatness and then moments of just utter confusion and the turnovers. And you know that that's going to be something that the Bucks are going to be able to, to, to change here in this game, right, versus what we just saw against the Cardinals. I have a feeling that we're going to see a little bit more of a, of a rattled Matthew Stafford. Um, and I, I think th- there's no there's no doubt in my mind that I think we will see more mistakes from him against the Bucs because that defense knows what they're doing. 
So Tampa laying three against the Rams Sunday at 3 o'clock and then 6.30, which is great because it's evening time for the East Coast. It's middle of the afternoon for the West Coast. And for me, this is the game of the weekend, right? The over-under is 55. You should have a lot of points. You you could argue the best two quarterbacks in in the AFC, the, the elite of the elite. For my money, this is your AFC championship game. It's the Chiefs laying two and a half at home over the Buffalo Bills. So really what Vegas is telling us is neutral field, about a pick em. If this game's in Buffalo, they're probably about a three-point favorite, which feels right. This feels appropriate. Kansas City laying two and a half to Buffalo. Yeah, and and I agree with your point too. This, if if only the, the world would allow, but this, this should be the AFC championship game. This is going to be so much fun. There's going to be some incredible offensive fireworks in this game. So Chiefs, Fan department, got to get that restock going going here ASAP because I think both teams are going to be lighting up the field, um, especially considering that these are, are two teams that, um, I mean, off, offensively, we, offensively we, we see some similarities. But, I mean, finally, I think we're going to see a lot more of the, the deep ball from from both. I mean, we, we've seen the deep ball from both teams, but knowing that the Bills finally have their run game going just a little bit uh, to know that they are not quite as one-dimensional as we saw in the regular season, it, it just makes them that much harder to to stop. And this is, uh, yeah, th- there's no other way to say it. This is the game to, to red Sharpie circle for your weekend. That really should be just a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, football game. So there you have it. We've gone through the games from this past weekend. We've gone through the spreads of what we have this upcoming weekend. I think I've done a great job of not tipping my hand at all, letting you know what game, in fact, that I might take. None of them. Do you have any idea? I'm, I'm in your head, Rogers. I'm, I'm in your head. Are you, though? I think you're in your own head, or at least you think no. you're in your, your head. No, I don't think I'm in my head. I think I'm in your. I think I'm dancing. I'm. I'm. I'm like Muhammad Ali. I'm sticking. I'm moving. I'm jabbing. I'm like you can. You can feel it. You might not even notice it. But I'm in your head right now. It's okay. I think you already got stung by the bee. Oh, oh yes. very witty. Very witty there. All right. Let's do this again on Thursday where we look at the upcoming games and we give our picks. I'll probably go 3-0. and You might go 0-3. And we might have a shift at the top of the power rankings. Have a great week. And I'll see you on Thursday. We'll talk then, Dave. That is Kristen Rogers. I am Dave Rothenberg. This has been... The NFL Edge Podcast.